This is the Power Pies Podcast. My name is Sarah of Underground Crowds. We hit Bible topics, smash book studies, punch out some songs here and there, and light up his word to strengthen our souls. Thanks for listening. All right, we're in the last part of uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4. Let's pray. Lord, I pray guide us to what you would have us learn in these last few verses of um, 1 Timothy chapter 4, um, how um, Paul just hones in on the fact that um, Timothy can lead and also learn at the same time, and that um, while we haven't arrived, we should help be still helping others arrive. It's a complex working out of your spirit. Um, it details the fact that you're over all this that ultimately sovereign over all things and yet so um interested in detail um and and progress in our lives um it's it sometimes mind-boggling why would a god who is sovereign over everything is going to everything's going to turn out the way he intended it for it to turn out, still be interested in our progress um, and the moving forward of the gospel. I pray that we, we would learn to deal with our tensions. We'd learn to deal with our um, questions in a biblical fashion. In Jesus' name, amen. So, we're here, and I'll just read the last couple of verses. Um, it's really cool to study... Um, because so many times um, I've heard this, you know, passage preached, don't let anybody, um, um, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, don't let anybody make fun of your, or ridicule, ridicule you because you're young. And it was always like, a, you know, the youth pastor passage or whatever. And, that's really, I mean, when you really read what it says, it's actually talking, Paul's talking to Timothy. Um, he's not talking to a group of young men. Um, he is talking to Timothy. And what is it that Timothy is doing um, that Paul encourages him in? And we talked yesterday already about how he didn't, he'd rather leave. And Paul told him to stay where he was to help out the church there. And, um... And so he's kind of a fish out of water. We talked about that yesterday. He does a bit in. Um, he has a real desire to leave. Um, and yet Paul is admonishing him to continue to um, lead and learn. Lead and learn. Um, so if you're just, you know, going to take these verses, like, I don't know, what it is about First Timothy? Everybody likes to take the verses out of context. But if we're just going to take that and let no one despise your youth right out of context, we would miss a jewel there. We would miss this concept that God is already at work in the life of Timothy. In fact, Timothy is working in the lives of others. Um, and that sheds new light on things, right? Because it's in that context that someone could really rid ridicule you, really ridicule you for your youth. And Paul's saying, don't let them do it. You are sent. 
So I, if you're going to sit back and say, okay, I don't ridicule me for my, for my youth. What is it that you're doing? Are you cultivating your gifts in the body of Christ? Are you doing that which God has put you on this earth to do? Is the refining work already going on in you? Aimed at, let, let's read from where we read yesterday. But I have nothing to do with worldly fables, fit only for, starting at verse 7, for old women. On the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Is this already going on? For bodily discipline is only of little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things, since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. It seems to be a practical thing going on. When Paul's talking to Timothy, he's saying that godliness, you could do all the exercise you want, but godliness is beneficial on this earth and in the life to come. Not even, it's for the church. No, he's saying that it will benefit your whole life. We've got a, you know, a real struggle even with this concept. Is godliness, if I, if I go all in for Jesus, is godliness something that I should kind of keep an arm's length from because people are going to think I'm weird or that, you know, I'm just too good for them. We, we have a real, we're, Satan has been really good at lying to us and telling us that this godliness thing is not really something um, where we should strive for because it will stand out, will be a little too weird. It's not that it, so we're just, we find ourselves swimming in a puddle of mud um, kind of wondering where to draw our own lines, right? Well, I, I'll, I'll take part in that, but I won't do that. And so if you're a teenager, I know I've been here because this is okay and this isn't. That's okay. And, and, uh, I'll, and we're, we, we go into self-protection mode, right? Because say it was so good at lying to us about this. This just aim at godliness. It's beneficial for you on this earth and in the life to come. It's just what do I? What is that going to mean? Is he going to call me to be a missionary? Is he going to call aim at godliness? You won't lose. There is a blessing in it, but I can tell you this from experience: swim around in mud. Of I draw my own lines, and and I decide, you know when I want to be godly, when I, when I want to blend in a little more, I'm messing around with that stuff, gonna, not going to land you or me anywhere good. Why? Why is it not going to land us anywhere good? Because our heart isn't set on the Lord at that point. Our heart is set on self-preservation, boy. Our heart is set on where, on, on our own little kingdom. We are, we are now consumed with how we're going to be perceived. 
we are now consumed with how how is it going to rub on people, right? That's we we've shifted. You see where I where I'm what I'm talking about? That little shift shift. Where I'm all in for Jesus, and I don't care where He takes me. He died for me. I'm a living sacrifice. This is it. This is this is kind of you know the person that just got saved and they're on fire and they're all in. What happens? Life got hard. Nine times out of ten, that life got hard. Well. Honey, child, life is hard. And I ran up against that brick wall. And it hurt. Especially when hard got harder, like we were just studying in, in Esther. When I did the hard thing that I thought I should be rewarded for and I wasn't rewarded. Have you ever been there? I've been trying to be a good kid and it just landed me on a side rail. I can't see that being the pastor's kid has done any good for me. Let's be real right now. You did the hard thing and life got harder. Mordecai, he refused to bow to a God he was not bowing to Haman. Haman had a, had a spiritual hold on that kingdom and some kind of God was probably etched on his robe. And he represented a little G God. And Mordecai would not bow. What did that do? Well, Haman got so, you should know the story. If you don't read, read the book of Esther, but... What happened was Haman didn't just go after Mordecai. Haman went after all of the Jews. So Mordecai's good work ended where? Definitely on falling off the rail on a skateboard. In a worse place than he was. And for other people. You ever been there? Life was hard, now it's harder. I'm not sure, Sarah, it's worth it to live a godly life. I'd ask you, and I'd ask me to lean in even more. I'm going through that right now. Heartbreak is hard. And heartache is hard. And what if it's just like this gnawing pain for a very long time? And you're like, I can't carry this anymore. I, what, what am I supposed to do with this? And for me, a lot of it was just, can we be done with this? Just trying to get rid of it. A lot of times, that's just our mo whole motivation right there. Yeah, there's self-preservation involved, but sometimes it's just out-and-out pain that we're trying to get rid of. 
And so we draw our own lines of what godliness is. And we don't really, if we were asked, are your eyes on the Lord? We'd be like, well, I go to church. I go to youth group. Are your eyes on, are you wanting to forward the gospel in your life? Are you wanting Christ to have full control over your life? Well, I sent a pew. Yeah. And it's that pain that's kept us away. It's that I did the right thing and life got harder that's kept us away. I feel you. You're not alone. We have Timothy here, didn't want to be where he was, and, and Paul's saying, don't go anywhere, stay right where you are. It is a trustworthy statement. Verse 9, deserving. What did you just say? This statement, what was that? Since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. You can trust it. You can trust that aiming at godliness and aiming at the face of Jesus Christ, that it will benefit this life and the life to come. And that you should go all in. It is a trustworthy statement deserving a full acceptance. I think that's just sort of the, the, the balance being that teenagers kind of sit on. Am I going to fully accept? A lot of times. I would never, I would never, write this down in your little journal, I would never want to relive adolescence. Never. Some people breeze right through it. Never. It is so hard. You're not, you're not an adult. You're not a kid. Some people want you to act like an adult. Other people want you to act like a kid. Some people want you to carry all the responsibility. Other people want you to get no responsibilities. Do I move forward here? Do I move two steps back? Is this where I'm supposed to be or is that? This looks good. Mm. Aim at God. For it is for this we labor and strive. Because we have fixed our hope on the living God. Who is the Savior of all men, especially of believers. Prescribe and teach these things. Let no one look down on you for your youthfulness. But rather in speech, in conduct, in love, and faith. And purity, show yourself an example of those who believe. Until I come, give attention to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and teaching. Do not neglect 
the spiritual gift within you. Every single one of you has something to offer in the way of spiritual gifts. Every single one of you. Now's the time to find that out. Now's the time to run that treadmill. Now's the time to work that out. You have the freedom to do it. You don't have babies to feed. Maybe you do. Maybe you're your primary caretaker. But maybe you're still living with your parents. You don't have to work a full-time job. You've got the time. Now's the time to see what you're about. Do your thing. What is this that God has put in me to do? I wish, ah, oh, would be Sarah, 18-year-old Sarah, sit down, shut up, and let me tell you a thing or two. This is this is exactly what I would say to Sarah, who's 18 years old. This right here. Do not worry about what people are saying about you. Don't let anybody despise you. You know, and the 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 intricacy there. Because isn't that the one of our biggest when we were when I was a teenager, one of the biggest hurdles was I'm too young, this isn't gonna mean anything. So I'd sit around with my guitar and play. And I had this weight of this doesn't matter because I'm just young and free. This isn't this isn't building anything. You know what that is? That's letting people despise your youth. Or to put it another way, that's letting that concept of what the youth can do weigh you down. When no, it, that's the no one expects anything from you because you're youth. That's buying into that wholeheartedly, and so we go around and we waste our teenage years because we don't think it matters, and it matters. Your gift right now, 13 years old, 14 years old, 15 years old, matters. Regardless, don't let anyone despise you. Regardless of how old you are, regardless of what people think, it matters. It's something that can be developed. Now, my, the fruit of it might be like 10 years from now. But does it matter? It absolutely does matter. Do not neglect the spiritual gift within you. which was bestowed on you through prophetic utterance with the laying on of hands by the presbytery. Take pains with these things. Pains means it matters, right? When you go through pains to build muscle in the gym, it's because you believe that matters, right? Take pains with the spiritual gifts that are in you. Be absorbed in them. Wow. God cares that I do this thing? He absolutely does. Absolutely. 
whatever it is. I mean, we. I, I'm kind of on the artistic side of things, but there are other gifts. Service, prayer, teaching, admonishing, discipling. That's all what everybody should be doing, but there is something specific that you know I've got an interest in this. I don't know why I have an interest. This is not the time to say it doesn't matter. I'm too young. Do not buy that load of garbage. Put that in the bin where it's supposed to be. It does matter, and God does care. In fact, he wants you to be so about it that you take pains to do it and that you're absorbed in it. That's no joke. So that your progress will be evident to all. Might be now, might be 10 years from now, but oh man, if you could do this, you are ahead of the game for most teenagers, A. And it won't matter what people think right now, but you stay faithful, you absorb with it, you take pains with it. It's like going to the gym. You work it out, you work it out, you work it out. It doesn't matter how many eyes roll, my friend. It doesn't matter how many people stand in your way and, and they say, my friend. It doesn't matter how many people say, you can't, my friend. You will. Oh. You will, by the glory of God, for the glory of God, and with his strength. So that your progress will, will, can will just all say will right now, will be evident to all. Now, later, 20 years from now, it will be evident. Pay close attention to yourself and to your teaching and to your teaching. Persevere in these things, for as you do this, you will ensure salvation, both for yourself and for those who hear you. Peace out. Again, thanks for listening. Catch the next part of this series, usually Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. You can also find Underground Crowds on Twitter, Patreon, Bandcamp, or undergroundcrowds.com.